This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Oh, good evening, family. I'm so excited about the word today. I really want to thank our pastors, Apostle Theo and Dr. Beverly, for this wonderful opportunity. We thank God that they're leading us with such faith, putting out messages every day. I encourage you, look at those videos, watch them, listen to them, and read the faith statements that Dr. Theo's been putting out as well. It's there to help build and strengthen our faith. And I'm expecting tonight of great things. I'm sure you are too. Come, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your word. And today, once again, as we gather as a family around your word, we're expectant to hear from heaven. And I believe that as I submit myself under your mighty hand, that by your grace, I may speak your word with clarity and accuracy, that as your word goes forth, you ignite it with your fire, your faith, and take it deep into the heart of every hero, which causes faith to rise and dispels all fear. As minds are renewed to your word, understanding replaces confusion. I believe that each and every one of us today are transformed from glory to glory. For this, we give you alone the praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Well, family, if you're ready to receive, shout amen. Praise God as you're seated there, wherever you are in your home. Just open your Bible with me to Luke chapter 21. Now, I really want to encourage you, family. It's so important in times like this where we're online that we're not just watching television. We are actually engaging together in the corporate anointing. And as we center around the Word of God, I'm trusting God for great things. I know many of us have been through a lot of challenges. You know, when this thing showed up and we heard about it in March and our state president announced a lockdown and the initial time was 21 days, I don't think in our wildest dreams we would have thought that four months later, this is where we would be. And I know that many people have been highly challenged. I know that physically many have experienced tragedy and also have maybe dealt with the disease. Economically, people have lost their jobs, have businesses have shut down, and families you know, haven't been able to get together. And the enemy can use that to cause a lot of fear. And family, here's the thing. This is what I keep reminding everybody. This is not about a disease. It's not a political thing. Yes, the enemy has used that. But this is the kingdom of darkness trying to shut down the church of Jesus Christ. And you and I will not allow that to happen. You and I are the church of Jesus Christ. And more than ever before, it's time to rise up. And even though we may not have been able to meet in our buildings, we are still able to meet with one another in an environment like this. And so often the devil will try and distract us and get us lost. And when he does that, we can lose sight of our direction, where we're supposed to be going. You see, when we church every day and things are happening and you're in church on Sunday and then fishes are men on Monday and we've got our life groups on the Wednesday, prayer meetings on a Friday, you know, Bible college on other days, there seems to be purpose in life. So what happens when all of a sudden none of that's happening? Look what Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, verse 25. He said in the last days, that's where we are now. He said there will be signs in the sun, in the moon and in the stars and on the earth, distress of nations. And with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. 
Jesus said in the last days, men's hearts would fail them for fear. Get a hold of that. It's not even a disease that's going to kill some people. Just fear itself. And when I look what's happened as a result of this COVID-19, the amount of fear that has been spoken about on news and in all the media outlets and social media. And family of God, I sometimes wonder how many people that they say died of COVID-19 just simply died because they were afraid. They got the disease and they thought it's time to die. Yes, something I want you to know. That if anybody's ever diagnosed with COVID-19, hear this, it is not a death sentence. It is not a death sentence. We stand in the promises that God sent His Word to heal us, to deliver us, and to set us free. And I want to give you that as a word of encouragement today. Listen to what it says in the Amplified, verse 26. He says, Men swooning away or expiring with fear and dread and apprehension and expectation of the things that are coming on the world. For the very powers of the heavens will be shaken and caused to totter. Now that could sound like doom and gloom. But here's the good news. Look at verse 28. Now when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Hallelujah! Did you get a hold of that? Your redemption draws near. Family, now's the time for us to get excited. Now's the time for the church to rise up. We're not going to cower back. We're not holding back. We're not going to allow our hearts to fail in fear. Now more than ever, this is why the church must mobilize. We want to get up, go out, make disciples, start moving. Let's move in the direction of getting back together wherever we can. Let's do that. We're not afraid to get back to our buildings. Why? Because when the church gathers, there's a corporate anointing and power. But it begins with you and me in our own personal lives. Remember right in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, when God created man, He said in verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image, and according to our likeness, let them have dominion. God created you for dominion. He created you to have dominion. Yeah, we see over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. But here's the thing. You and I have been given dominion over Satan himself over every enemy, over sickness and disease, over poverty and lack. We've been given full dominion in the creation and the kingdom of God. Now it's time for you and me to stand up and to enjoy that dominion. It says in verse 27, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God He created man, created him male and female, He created them. And then listen to this, And God blessed them. He blessed them. This is the first words man hears. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. And take dominion. See, family of God, you and I have been designed to be fruitful. We've been designed to multiply. We've been designed to produce. And when the enemy slams us back and tries to drive us into our homes, what's his purpose? To try and shut down production. But remember this, that no weapon formed against you prospers. Any tongue that rises you against you in judgment, you condemn. That Jesus said the gates of hell will not even prevail against the church. Why? He's building His church. And you and I are still that church. And He's still building that church. And we're still moving forward with great power. Hallelujah. The very first instruction, the very foundation of life is this blessing, this covenant. 
And God says in Genesis chapter 2, he gives this very important instruction. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. See, God designed us to be productive. And then the Lord God commanded. He has his instruction. And he said, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. Now that death wasn't talking about his physical death. Because even when Adam sinned, he didn't fall over. His body didn't fall over and expire. Now what was that death? It was separation from God. God's warning him and saying, listen, here are the things that you need to be doing to make sure that this blessing is maintained. If you go against this instruction, that blessing will stop, to, stop working for you. And he says, on that day, you will die. Now, there's two parts to that instruction. Number one, we see here, he says, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. See, family of God, right there in the garden, the principle of the tithe is established. God gives him the whole garden, gives him everything pertaining to life and godliness, blesses him with every blessing he could ever imagine, every food that he needs, every seed that he needs, everything he needs to exist. And God says of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of that. See the principle of first fruit, the principle of the tithe. What did he tell us in Malachi chapter 3? Verse 8, he says, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And God says, in tithes and offerings. Now, family of God, how many of you know that it, God has, he has everything? How could you possibly steal something from God and for him to have less? What's he talking about when he says, rob me? You know God doesn't need your money. You know God can create anything that he desires. So what's he talking about? He says, you've robbed me. What is he talking about? Look at verse 9. He says, because of that, you robbed the tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. If because you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, you understand, this isn't God saying, I'm cursing you. Because when he told Adam, if you maintain the blessing, it'll work for you. But the day you give up on that blessing, the result is the curse. And it began with this tithe. In not honoring that first fruit, the tree belonged to God. And as a result, he said, that's when the curse comes. But now we'll notice God gives him the answer. Verse 10, he says, bring all the tithes to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now, and this says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven, pour out for you that blessing, there's not room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. That's talking about your income producer. He won't destroy your income. And he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. And nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you. That's your business and your place of income. And he says here, all nations will call you blessed for you'll be a delightful land. And so family, we talk about the first. Remember, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added. When you honor the Lord from the first fruits of all your increase, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So if I'm going to manage my own life, it begins with administering God's provision. And he declared the first place is to bring the tithe to the house so that we can finance the gospel. When I put that in first, I have taken the lead in my finances. You see, here's the thing. Sometimes people look at that tithe and they think, well, 
I could use this so many other places. Now that uh, the financial pressures are on and, you know, I've lost my job and, and I lost my, my income seems to be, some people may have had their salaries halved or whatever. Uh, it's easy to say, well, I can use this tithe now as my safety net and God will understand. Family of God, what we do then is we now have 100%, but now the devourers at work and we can land up worse off. I cannot, I don't know how to manage everything correctly. I need God in my life. And so if I think I can handle 100%, the moment I keep it all, then the blessing is not there. I'm now in the place of the curse. That 100% of my income will disappear very quickly. But when I say, God, you come first and I bring the tithe to his house. And that means, yeah, where you are watching, where you are being ministered to the house of God, even though you may not be meeting in the building, you still bring it to the house or you transfer it. Why? Because you want to make sure that the gospel keeps being preached. And number two, when you do that, even though it looks like you've left with 90%, now God is involved. And how many of you are 90% will always go further than 100% in the kingdom of God? Because in the kingdom of God, it's not straight mathematics. Everything in the kingdom of God multiplies. Instead of one put a thousand to flight, two put ten thousand to flight. That doesn't make mathematical sense. And yet in the power of God, it does. When he says, you sow your seed, you reap a hundred, a thirtyfold, sixtyfold, hundredfold. Everything about the kingdom of God is when you put it in his hand, it multiplies and increases. So the way I take lead in my finances and in my spiritual life, it begins with honoring God in his tithe. And then number two, if you go back to Genesis chapter two, verse 17. So number one is honor the tree. Don't eat it. In other words, don't use the tithe. Do put it where God commanded it to be in his house. Number two, he said the knowledge of the good and evil. Don't eat of that. What's he talking about? That's leaning to your own understanding. That's trying to figure out, God, I don't know what to do. Do I do this? Do I not do that? Where do I go? What happens if this happens? Who do I go? Yeah, who do I, am I allowed to visit? Can I go visit that one? I don't know what I can do. And, and people are worried, even when they're talking about when the vaccine comes. Do we take the vaccine or don't we take the vaccine? I don't know which vaccine is right. You see, the, the devil can cause turmoil and bring a lot of fear. And there's so much fear mongering out there. There's so many false reports and conspiracy theories. If you're listening to everything of that, it can shut you down. It can, you can freeze you because now one person says, do this. Another one says, take this. Another one says, no, that's quackery. Don't take that because this is what this organization says. And people are going crazy. They, who actually knows what the truth is? And Jesus said, he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. So I want to come back to his word. Remember Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. See, family God, we want to hear from God. If I'm going to lead myself, it's going to be by the Holy Spirit leading me. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 12, he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Remember, he's talking to people who are not yet saved. And so they don't have the Holy Spirit in you in them. But you are born again. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And he says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come and you have received him, if you're born again today, the Holy Spirit lives within you. Say that right now. Say, I am born again. Come, let's say it together. Even if you're watching from home, say, I'm born again. And as a born again child of God, I have received the Holy Spirit. He dwells within me. Now listen to this promise. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you 
into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he'll tell you things to come. See, family of God, now we need to be drawing closer to God more than ever before. Be listening. Drown out the noise of the world by centering in on that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Be spending time in the presence of God. Say, Father, what is my next step? What is my next decision? What do I do with these finances that I have? Direct me in my investments. Show me what I need to do as far as my business is concerned. When things happen, when, you know, they come out with solutions and, and, and vaccines and that, Father, I want to do what's right by you. You guide me. I'm not going to be moved by all the noise. I'm listening for your voice. Remember God told Joshua in chapter 1, verse 8, He says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, and then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How many you want to be prosperous? Oh, I heard that. Amen. Say amen. How many you want good success? How many you want to be prosperous? Yes, of course you do. And here's the instruction, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, and do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How do I combat fear? By replacing it with faith. Faith flushes out fear. The perfect love of God casts out all fear. And when you hear the word of God, you're hearing the love of God. And so, family of God, I encourage you every day. It's so easy when you're sitting at home and it's just another day and, you know, got to let the time go past and maybe, you know, things are happening. But it's now time to get into the Word. Be listening to the messages from Drs. Theo and Beverly Vormerans. Be listening to messages that build you. Everything you said amen to when we were in the building counts today. Everything that we responded to with a hallelujah is still true today. And so now, let's take the time to meditate in the Word of God. When we begin, when we talk about leading ourselves, it means discipline. Let's not get lost and just sit the day surfing on social media all day, just watching video after video after video of every silly little joke and thing out there. There's some very creative stuff out there, and I've watched some of it. But here's the thing. I'm going to seek first God's kingdom, and that means being in His presence first, listening to His Word, reading His Bible. Remember Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, Where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Now what that's talking about, if you look at it from the King James Version, says, Where there is no vision, people perish. Where there's no vision. And that's what the devil tries to do. By shutting us down in our homes, we don't know what's in the future. When, you know, when next am I going to come and travel, be in Johannesburg and see you personally in the building? You see, the way it is right now, we don't know. When next are you going to be able to travel and go to another province? When are you going to be able to go on holiday somewhere? When are you going to see your family overseas or, or wherever? You, if you've got dreams about visiting some other, uh, other place... When's it going to happen? And family of God, don't let this time shut down their vision. The vision is still Jesus Christ. The vision is still His church. It's still making disciples. You and I, are st we, we haven't given up just because we have been in our homes. Set the vision down before you. Listen to what the way the Passion Translation says that. It says, when there's no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. 
But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Oh, I love that. Listen to that. Where when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Family of God, you and I are not going to go astray. We're going to keep the vision before us. I want to encourage you. Keep talking about the vision. What is our purpose? Jesus said for this purpose, he came to destroy the work of the devil. He said, this reason the Son of Man has come, to seek and save that which is lost. We still do that. Reach out to your neighbors, lead people to Jesus. In your businesses, lead people to Jesus. Talk about the Word of God. You see somebody who's sick, go lay hands on them. Now, of course, we still have to be wise. You keep your mask on, you keep sanitizing. You don't have to put your hand on their forehead. You can put their hands on your shoulders. They say it's okay if we do a, a, a you know, a elbow bump. Well, if I put my hands on your arms and you've got clothes on, well, praise God. Uh, we can still pray for the sick. We need to be doing that. Let's encourage people to meet, gather together, keep your vision clear. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Oh, look at that. God likes Android. <laughs> okay, technically an iPad is also a tablet. But, you know, maybe Habakkuk saw in the future that we would have tablets. But I'm sure he's talking about just write it down, whether it's on an iPad or, or an Android or whether it's on a piece of paper, on a cardboard. The point is, keep your vision before you. He says, write the vision down, make it plain, so that he may run who reads it. See, family of God, without a clear direction, procrastination is inevitable. Let me say that again. Without a clear direction, procrastination is inevitable. Have you ever sat in front of a desk and you thought, I wonder what I must do today. I wonder if I do this, maybe I do that, but then I've got to do this. Oh, yeah, bing, there's an email. Let me check my email, but I still got to do that. And you think, okay, I must force it. And you start doing that. You see, what happens, nothing gets done. I encourage you at the beginning of the day, sit, sit down and say, what do I need to accomplish? Write it down, point for point. Three important things that you're going to do today. Get a vision out before you. What's going to happen in your life group? What's going to happen in your prayer group? What's going to happen? How are you going to reach your neighbor? Write these things down. Put them up in your home where you can see them every day. Because when you see it, you are able to run with it. And now that you have clear direction for the day, you will see you'll get a lot accomplished. Write the vision down. Set it down, whether it's the, in the next five hours or the next five days or the next five months. Don't let the devil say, oh, you never know when you're going to get out there. Let's set the vision anyway. I've set a vision for when we get back into our buildings and we're moving forward and we're beginning that process. We're starting to open things up. Our Bible college is back in the building. Our intercession groups are back in the building. We're going to move back every step that we can. Obviously, we obey the law, but the point is keep the vision alive and keep moving forward. Use visuals to visualize your destination your goals, and your desires. And stir up a fresh vision for the house of God. You may have been an usher. You may have helped in, this, in the children's church. Maybe you were serving as a volunteer. That hasn't happened for a while, but you can still serve. People need food. You can say, can I maybe go and help with food distribution? Can I maybe help with visitations? You see, we can still serve in the house of God. Make sure you're still financing the house of God. Make sure you're still sowing your seed. Even though you're not meeting the building, the, the, the expenses are still there. And so as you do that, 
You make sure that the gospel can keep moving forward and God blesses you and he provides for you. Make disciples. Listen, big letters. Stay connected. Get into a life group if you're not yet in one. Connect with people. Be on WhatsApp groups. And there's so much that so many different ways you can manage it, even if you don't have a lot of data for Zoom calls and that. But the key is, let's keep meeting wherever we can. Let's keep talking to one another. Let's keep encouraging one another. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And what things he's talking about? Those things that the Gentiles are looking after. And so he says in verse 34, Therefore don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient is for the day is its own trouble. Family of God, we're not worried about the future. There's no fear in us. Say that. There's no fear in me. I'm excited about my future. See, that's the promise of God's word. When I make his kingdom my first priority. Keep that vision before you. Paul told his disciple Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1. He said in verse 6. Therefore I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Family, you and I must stir up that gift. It doesn't happen by accident. The gifts that are in you are still in you. The callings that God called you with are still there. And maybe while we were in our homes, we felt like, you know, what's the reason? What's the purpose? Maybe one day I'll get back to church. No, it's for now. And so how do I stir that up? By faith. Father, I thank you. You've called me as a, as a leader. You've called me to serve in your house. I stir that up. I still want to see disciples. I stir that up. Lord, show me somebody today that I'm going to lead to Jesus. Stir that up. Stir it up by faith. Begin your day by setting your day on a purpose and on a mission that you're still going to be part of building the church of Jesus Christ. You're working with Him. Listen to that same verse from the Passion Translation again. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 from the Passion. I'm writing to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift that God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. Listen to that. Fan into flame. Fan into flame. Family of God, this is a time for revival. You will not silence the church. Not you. The enemy will not silence the church. You and I are going to rise up right now as the church and go forth in great fire. Say that. I stir myself up and I fan the fire into a flame. Listen to what he said in Jude chapter 1 verse 17. You beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. How I many you notice that the world is crazy right now trying to take what is sin and write it into the legal books. Making legal what is sin. And family of God, that's because you and I as the church need to rise up right now and we need to be that voice. We will not be silent. The church is the most important event right now. We are the most, we are the essential service because when the church gathers in the name of God, there's power in the land. And that's what you and I are pressing forward towards. And he says, these are essential persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. Verse 20, but you, beloved, Build yourself up on your most holy faith. How? 
by praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That's every day. That's how we start by leading our lives so that we can lead others. Build yourself up on your most holy faith every day. Family God, you hear the word of God. Number one, meditate his word. Get instruction from the Holy Spirit, guidance from his word, and then pray in tongues. Because as you pray in tongues, you're praying the perfect will of God. As you pray in tongues, you're charging your own spirit. You're building yourself up. Faith is rising up strong. And then set that vision down by his leading. And as you're listening, as you pray in tongues, write the vision down. Write it down and then stir that up and make a decision every day that you're going to do something for the kingdom of God. Reach out to someone, phone someone, encourage someone, pray for someone. And family God, as we do that and we move forward, God gives you the instruction and he gives you the guidance. I'm declaring revival. I'm saying whatever the devil tried to steal from you in these last three, four months, is coming back seven times over. You're going to be blessed beyond anything that you could ever imagine. And it's time for you to experience that in Jesus' name. And then finally, the last scripture, listen to this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up, there it is again, Stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Family of God, that's what we're doing. Even now, even though we may not be able to be in our buildings, don't neglect these times together. Come in the morning and in the evening. Come and be a part of what God's doing. Don't think, oh, I'll watch this later on Facebook. No, let's be a part. Let's still gather and move forward as the church. And family of God, I believe as we do this, you're going to see great power in your life. Father, I bless your family today. We thank you for your word. And we thank you that as people have risen to your word, that you will show us and lead us and we will follow you. That's how we lead ourselves as Christians, by hearing your voice. And I declare that each and every person here tonight is blessed in the name of Jesus. Say, I receive that. Say, I receive the word of God. Faith rises in my heart in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's pray together because right now, I know there's somebody watching. Whether you're live right now or maybe you watch the recording. But the fact is, you know your life's not right with God. But you stayed for this message, and that's not an accident. God's called you to this moment. And I want you to know God loves you. He died for you. He gave his life for you. And then he rose from the dead. And today he is alive. And that is proof that the Father is satisfied your sin is paid for. And all you have to do today is believe that. The word of God says, if you believe with your heart that Jesus is raised from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he's your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. So I want to lead you in that prayer right now. And so I'm encouraging you right there where you are, even if you're with somebody, just say this. You need to hear yourself saying, but say it out loud, even if it's under your breath, but just speak this. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. 
You sent your son Jesus to die for me. He gave his life so that I could have life. And then he rose from the dead. Today he is alive. And Jesus, I call you Lord. You are my Savior. And right now, I'm born again, a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God, my friend. You born again, a child of God. Welcome to the family. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.